Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi Brigway. Hi, this is Alaomi and welcome to episode 68. I think it's 68. <laughs> like everything else that's going on in Corona-ville, Corona era, um, it feels like the days have blended into each other, the weeks have blended into each other. So I keep asking, what's today? Is today Monday or is today Sunday? <laughs> Uh, yes, so I think it is episode 68. Um, what else is new in Coronaville? Well, praise God, because I actually got to do my hair for the first time, as in professionally, professionally, for the first time in, what, three months now? How long have we been at home? Uh, all the salons shut and everything. And I, I'm just so grateful. Uh, I, I've, I, you know, I was telling um, the young lady that I did my hair yesterday, whom I'm so grateful to, and she did an amazing job, a smashing job, a smashing job. If you don't follow me on Instagram, go to allowmebrigway.com. I think at some point, maybe this week, um, when you listen to, so this is current, the episode you're listening to on Monday the. I told you, I told you, I don't know what day it is. The 22nd of June is fairly current. So this is recorded a couple of days before it is, it was released on Monday or really, or it is released on Monday. So you can actually go to my Instagram page and see how good a job she did. And I'm going to tag her as well. So in any post, if I put up a picture of myself, which I think I will, with my new braids, which I love absolutely, I'm going to tag her as well. If you live in the London area, I'm sure she can do your hair as well. But anyway, I digress. So why did I start talking about my hair? I realized that you don't value something until you lose it. Yes. <laughs> um, I first of all i'm not the kind of person i'm not i'm not very um into hair or nails or makeup and all those things and i've never really been like that i think i grew up um more a tomboy and yes i do my hair because i need to do my hair but i'm not and i don't think i will ever be the sort of person that would maybe go into the salon every week or every very often just to make sure oh, if he's looking a little bit rough you know and so on as in i i keep it prim and proper <laughs> and i try and get away with as much as i can and i also like to carry my own hair um so i've never really put a lot of stake on getting uh, hairdressers in maybe to do my hair at home or even going to hairdressers but obviously this 
corona period has uh, <laughs> has made it quite in fact i was going to say quite difficult but it's made it impossible for me to actually get my hair done professionally and oh boy did my hair actually suffer for that i was telling um i think it was maxine yesterday that i'm going to have to get a haircut after this because um my hair had gone for so long without being professionally taken care of um and uh, let's just say that the back of my hair is not um going to be seeing the light of day <laughs> anytime soon so i might just cut it just to not cut cut or not cut as in low cut or natural no but like a nice haircut just to so so that is not that on he uneven because the, the back the very back of my hair is uh is gone if i can just say that it's gone but it's coming back i speak i speak words of life into it it's growing back in the name of jesus amen um you don't really know what you have until you until you lose it until access to it is taken away from you and that is exactly how i feel right now about my hairdresser whom i absolutely love and the moment the government says you can go and do your hair you can the salons can open again i'm going to probably be the first person that walks through her doors um i can't wait me that i used to hate well maybe not hate i didn't enjoy going to the hairdressers now i'm looking forward to everything exciting so anyway today um i have a brand new episode for you we're still talking about achieving your greatest successes in life living the super abundant life by the process of the renewal of your mind which is the prescription that the bible gave us be transformed how by the renewing of your mind by the renewing of your mind two things says present your bodies to god so it is by the external so the physical body or your physical like acquiring skills etc and the transformation actually begins by the renewal of the mind um so we're going to continue along those lines and i'm actually introducing something new i'm introducing series into the podcast whereby every few um maybe uh episodes i will bunch topics together under a theme so an umbrella of a theme and i would talk around that theme in different podcast episodes so rather than uh do an episode and then move on to something else this will give me an opportunity to really dig deep into that particular theme and take it to another level and also ensure that we get the best out of it you get the best out of it i get the best out of it and we can also apply it in order to make progress in our lives so the theme um or the new series i should say that i'm starting this week is what i've called you versus you you versus you and what do i mean by that okay let let me let this and the new series that i'm starting this week is titled you versus you overcoming the habits that are holding you back from your greatest successes so that's a theme what are the habits that generally hold people back from reaching their potential 
from climbing high in life, from having a desire and never really seeing it manifest in their lives? What are the things that are holding us back? It's not one thing. And if I, in the usual way that I record my podcasts, I can basically um, make this as one episode and list those things and move on and say, it's this, is this, is this, is this, is this, and move on. But I thought about it and I thought, well, how is that really, really helping someone? Just by listening and saying, this is what's holding you back. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then moving on. How about I take each of those habits and then drill down into them, take a whole episode to really take it apart so that everyone that is listening to me will be able to really see how it's holding them back and what they need to do or what they can do to overcome that particular habit. So a series, it will probably run for maybe four, five, or even six weeks, depending on how many things I can identify. I've already, already written down about six, I believe about five or six. So the series is you versus you, overcoming the habits, holding you back from your biggest successes. Now, where did I get that from? And what do I mean by this you versus you? Micah 7, 6 says a man's enemies are the members of his own household. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Micah 7, 6. It says a man's enemies are the members of his own household. What does that mean? What that is simply saying is if you're really serious about looking for the enemies of your dreams, stop looking outside. Stop looking beyond what is inside you all your enemies truly truly are inside you what is my evidence because when i say i ah, know the economy call ah, see what corona has done da, da, da. And, and all these things i will say the economy crashed therefore i can't find a job or um I, I didn't go to the right schools and therefore they only give promotions to people that have that go to russell group universities in the uk or ivy league universities in the us etc or if i'm if i'm in nigeria then there's no way i can really prosper because the system is just terrible in nigeria right so you you will say no all this why can it just be me they're mitigating factors the bible talks about how satan came and he found nothing in jesus he couldn't kill jesus jesus had to literally lay down his life what does that mean it means that he do you understand there was no external factor that could have stopped jesus he, for him to even be killed, for an enemy to come and attack him, for an enemy to come and do something against him, he had to literally open the door and say, okay, fine, I know that this is part of purpose. I need to pay for the sins of these people. All right, here's the door wide open. Yeah, come inside. Otherwise, there was no way for an enemy to gain access, for an enemy to gain access into the life of Jesus. And you say, well, that's Jesus, that's Jesus. Go and, you know, read the Bible, read through the Bible and you will see examples. We see Joseph, regardless of his external circumstances, that guy still rose up and he still fulfilled purpose. Look at Paul. If you say, okay, that's Old Testament. Okay, fine. Paul, uncle, 
Paul was the same. Look at his background. Nothing could stop him. When he was in chains, in, in, in bonds, he would say, he said that was when he fulfilled purpose even more. He said, because of my chains, the gospel is multiplying, meaning I'm even fulfilling purpose more because of these chains. Do you see what I mean? So what are the habits? What are the habits that are holding you back from your biggest successes? Don't look outside of you. Don't stop looking outside. Stop saying my boss hates me. Stop saying if only my husband would change. Stop saying I don't understand why my child is not getting A's. That teacher just does not know how to teach. No, look within. A man's enemies are the members of his own household. It is inside. It is not outside. Right? So that's the series. I hope I've said enough to excite you about the series. Even me, I am so excited because I learn. I learn from these things that I come to teach, right? I'm learning from them to improve my own life, to keep pushing uh, boundaries and, and frontiers. Okay, just snuck in the line from a movie there, Star Trek. I absolutely love Star Trek, all right? I'm a Trekkie. <laughs> but anyway, so the first one in the series, the first one in the You versus You series, what is a habit, number one habit? It's not in any kind of order. So it's not like this is like the biggest one. It just happens to be the one that I'm talking about first. So in my you versus you habits over, sorry, you versus you. So what I mean by you versus you is, listen, you have to stand and face yourself and say, hey, Oga, oh yeah, let us deal with this thing. Overcome yourself, literally, so that you can move forward. So my first topic in the you versus you Overcoming the habits holding you back from the biggest successes is this disqualifying yourself even before the race starts. Did you get that? Today's topic is you versus you, disqualifying yourself even before the race starts. Now, this one, this habit is a deadly habit and it's also pervasive it is pervasive no matter who you are you are you are subject or you are susceptible to being tempted by this thing do you understand disqualifying yourself even before the race starts let me explain what i mean by that so you see people succeeding and you want it or there's a desire in your heart you desire this thing you want to build a business that is successful you want to progress in your career you want your marriage to work you want your children to do well you want to save money you want to buy houses you want to invest in property all these wonderful lovely things you want to lose weight and keep it off right but you think you look at yourself and you think nah i can't do that you look at yourself and you think nah that's that's not for me you admire people that are doing it right you're like oh well that is just so amazing ah look at this person look at what they have built but you think mm, 
that's for a select group of people that are destined for that kind of glory but no no not really me it's not really me all right you look at someone that is the same as you that went to the same university like you some of us you know i grew up in nigeria i went to university of lagos you see someone that came out of university of lagos you know that you may have even have thought oh you were doing better than them all those years ago you thought you were you know like something else like oh this one maybe can't even speak English properly, you know, he sh the person they have phone like you. And now you're looking at the person they're like, you know, the CEO of some company somewhere or they're running a business where they're making, you know, seven figures in pounds or dollars. You think you're looking at yourself and you're thinking, wow, there's a select group and not me. You see women just like you rising in their careers, in their businesses, raising amazing children, making an impact. And your conclusion is they are more equipped or they are more powerful or they are more knowledgeable or they have more money or they have more relationships that have helped them. This is a deadly way of thinking and that way of thinking over time become a habit. So a deadly way of thinking becomes a deadly habit, disqualifying yourself even before the race starts. Why do people disqualify themselves? How do we get into this kind of habit where you haven't even given yourself the chance to fail, right? As soon as the idea pops into your mind, you're like, oh, no, mm -mm -mm, that's not for me. You see, you, you drive by a neighborhood and you're like, wow, see these houses, they're so beautiful. And the thought comes and says, you will live in this kind of house one day and suddenly you're like, yeah, right. Whatever. The closest I'll ever get to this house is if I come and deliver something here, you know, so you just, and you immediately dismiss it. You don't even give yourself an opportunity to even allow that thing to come inside. It is like the seed that was cast on the, on the side. So God puts a seed, he sends out a seed in the form of a desire. And you don't even receive the seed into the soil. So the thing just stays on the surface. And guess what? Satan comes immediately and he carries the thing and chops it. <laughs> yes. So that is what I'm talking about. Disqualifying yourself even before the race starts. You haven't even given yourself the opportunity to even receive it. To even think about it. To even look at the possibility. You can't see yourself as that person. The image is completely not there at all at all and how do we get there why do people disqualify themselves why do we disqualify ourselves so there are three main reasons why that happens all right all three reasons as a result of a distortion in self-image nobody is born like that if you ask a child a two-year-old what do you want to be i want to go to the moon you know i want to you know i want to be a doctor i want to <laughs> I remember my son you know when i asked him when he was a lot younger, you know, he was probably, how old was he? Maybe five or something or six. And said, so what do you want to be? And obviously he, he looked at his parents and he, he basically combined all of our professions. He said, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a business person. I want, he shall name like five different things. All of those things that he wanted to be. All right. And then he wants to, he wants to, he wants to, um, design something or design the fastest car all those things kids there's no limitation 
There's no limitation. If you ask an adult, what do you want to be? Well, <laughs> what I want to be is to be able to pay off my mortgage. I said, we're so limited. Why? How did we get there? How did we get there? We are trained into it. So everything is as a result of distortion in self-image. And there are three reasons why our self-image gets distorted. As I always say, not an exhaustive list. These are the things that I've observed through my own study, through my own life, through my experiences as a coach of working with people as a coach. So the first one is the re first reason why we disqualify ourselves, why you would end up disqualifying yourself even before the race starts, before the gun goes off. You haven't even taken a step to start the thing and you've already said, no, it's not for me. I can't do it. Right? Is distortion in your self-image through past failures. A distortion in your self-image through past failures. Okay? So you generally think that you're not capable of, capable of doing it. Meanwhile, it is the failed expectations and the dashed hopes that have actually brought you to that point. You think, oh, it's because you can't do it. You think, oh, it's because you don't have the capacity to do it. But no, it's actually not because you don't have the capacity. It's because you have tried before, maybe over and over and over again. And because it didn't quite work out the way you thought it would work out, that series of experiences brought you to the point where you now believe that you're not able to do it. So the field experiences, the dashed hopes, the unmet expectations have created a callousness, hardness of heart that will not even allow the seed to go in. The Bible talks about, like I said, the seed that is cast on the wayside. The wayside is hard ground. People have stepped on it right? It has become hard. And in that time, they didn't have pavement, right? But even here, if you cast a seed on pavement, it's a, it's a bird, it's a pigeon that will come and carry it and eat it. But even in Jesus's time, they didn't have pavements, but because it's like, it's on, it's the sidewalk, it's, it's, it's quote unquote, the pavement, it is, it is soil. It started off as being soft, but people have trodden over it, trodden over it. It had become hard. Do you understand? Failed expectations, dash hopes have created a callousness, a hard heart. So that when God gives you a word and says, this is who you are going to be, you it bounces back. It's not soft. The heart has become hard. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you try the coaching thing. You know when everybody was doing coaching? You try that one, it didn't work. You say, okay. That coaching didn't work. Too many people are doing it. All right. Let, let's say, let's try making a selling jury. So you said, let's try and make and sell jury. You try that one. It didn't work. Okay. You said, okay, uh, I can bake. I know how to bake. Let me make cakes and start selling cakes. So you tried baking. It got off the ground a little bit after a while. Pff, nobody was buying again. It didn't work. Now you look longingly. There's still a desire in your heart to create a successful business. And you look longingly with desire, you know, almost wistfully at successful business owners. I think, oh, I wish I could be like her. Right. But the actual problem was you didn't stick with one thing long enough to make it successful. Do you understand? All those failed projects were not an indication of what you were capable of. 
Do you understand? If you had actually stuck with one thing and put all your effort into it and you didn't give up, you would have seen eventually what you were capable of, which is absolute success. Do you understand? So what, what am I going to say to that? Stop leaving a string of failures in your wake. Stop leaving a string of failures in your wake. Stop being a dabbler. A dabbler is not committed. They might be filled by an initial enthusiasm and passion like, Oh, that sounds great. I love it. And they dabble in it, put their toe in a little bit, right? And they're like, oh, it's too hard. It's not working. Or something else catches their attention, which is, you know, you don't want to miss the series. <laughs> you don't want to miss it because another one that I'm describing now, the dabbler, it's one of the habits that hold us back as well. So they dip their toe in, do it for a little while. Is either they get distracted by something else, they can't do something else, or they feel like it's taking a while, I'm not really seeing the results, it's too hard, or whatever their reason is, and they move on to something else. The problem with being a dabbler is you're going to leave behind a string of failures behind you that eventually bring you to the point where you have zero belief in your own potential. And that is where you arrive at the point where you don't even dabble anymore. You don't even dip your toe in the water anymore. You just automatically dismiss any idea of progress that comes to you. Stop leaving a string of failures in your wake. It's bad for your heart. The Bible says hope that is deferred. It makes a heart sick. So it's bad for you. It's bad for your self-image. It's bad for your heart. That's the first reason right? Why people end up disqualifying themselves before the race even starts. Number two, the second kind of distortion of self-image is through influential relationships. So relationships that actually have a say that counts, that matter in your life and have invested, is invested the right word, they have sown negative words they have painted they have distorted the image that god gave you when he created you and sent you to this earth they have distorted it through their words through their actions through their attitudes towards you so for example you failed one class eh, in primary school and your teacher or maybe even your mom or your dad called you a dunce say see this in your by say olodo eh olodo i mean it means dance it means don't. I mean, it means there's no brain inside your head. There's even a song said, is there a song or a chant? Um, Olodo Rakpata. Moje. I hope I said, I think that's it. Yes. Basically saying this one, this one is so stupid. This one is so stupid that the only thing is that the only thing you deserve to eat is, you know, out of the whole fish is the eye. The fish, the eye of... <laughs> It's the eye of the fish that you know how to eat. I don't, I, I've never really thought about that. Ah, that, that is, that is injurious. Is it that they give somebody a fish and they're so stupid that they don't know to eat the actual flesh is the eye they went to eat. Or is it that when you eat, or is it that the only thing you deserve to eat is the eye, whatever they meant by that. It is injurious. Words like that have distorted distorted somebody's self-image to the point that they have been told so much 
They have been told so much that they are stupid or they are slow or they are this or they are that by relationships that have influence that they cannot even see or believe in their own potential anymore. So when God brings a seed in the form of an idea or an image or a thought, they immediately straight away say, no, and the, the person says, oh, they're an olodo, and therefore they can't do it. It's not me they're looking for there. It's not me they're looking for there. It's not me they're looking for there. Yes? So a distortion in self-image as a result of evil and i'm not going to say like negative words these words are evil right words are either good or evil there's no middle ground it says life and death are in the power of the tongue there's no okay maybe it's not death or but it's like not so nice no the bible says life good or death evil i true i said before you this day good and life evil and death pick one that's do you understand so Evil words spoken, evil words, evil actions, evil attitudes spoken, displayed by people that are influential in our lives, particularly as children that have distorted our self-image. A perfect image that God put inside us when he created us. That's the second way that people end up disqualifying themselves even before the gun goes off, even before the race starts. The third way is a distortion in your self-image through you staying stagnant for too long staying in one place staying becoming too comfortable in a place for too long i mean nobody wants to be a cowboy where you're always dealing putting out fires putting out, who does not like to enjoy life me i like to enjoy life for I mean, when God begins to nudge me, like, okay, it's time to, it's time to grow. It's time to expand the business. It's time to do the, I'm like, God, okay, we just got here now. Eh, let's, <laughs> we just achieved this one. Let me, let me relax and enjoy my life small, Joe. Just who doesn't like to enjoy life? Who doesn't like to just stay in a job and be earning a salary and, you know, and just be there and not really, you know, push yourself like that. Everybody likes that. But the truth of the matter is God will not allow you because he says you will grow from glory to glory, from faith to faith. He says that in Romans chapter one. However, if you keep ignoring the nudges of the Holy Spirit to say, it's time to move. It's time to move forward. It's time to grow. It's time to increase your capacity. It's time to multiply. It's time to expand your image. Your self image becomes distorted. Why? Because you stopped growing. You got too comfortable doing the same thing over and over again. And you got to the point where you believed that that was all there was to you. Do you understand? That was all that there was to you. So when an idea comes for someone that has done the same role for so long, they'll now come and say, actually, there's this new thing that is happening. Would you want to take it? Like, ah, no, I was a teacher for 15 years, just under that, between 13 and 15. I mix it up now. And one of the biggest challenges that I, that I and leadership generally, so when I moved into leadership, one of the biggest challenges that we had were, was dealing with 
teachers that had been there for that had been teaching for like 15 20 25 years maybe they were close to retirement that had been retirement that had been there for a long time they were so set in their ways and when you're trying to introduce new things like go digital like use interactive whiteboards or use you know new behavior things and and you know behavior strategies and so on they would resist you as if eh, eh, you are trying to put a knife to their throat they would resist acti actively resist and i used to wonder hey you haven't even tried this thing you haven't even had a go how do you know it's not going to work they will moan they'll complain in the staff room and that's why i i rarely ever just sat down in the staff room you know just to just to just because it was almost always negative it was almost always negative like see what leadership team are doing don't they understand that this da, 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 da. just complain and complain and say no it'll never work it's too much work da, da, da. meanwhile the ones that grew the most were newly qualified teachers straight fresh from training they had they were always busting with ideas they were always busting with ideas they had the latest research into how children learn into how you know to really get through to them how to interact with the child they had all the latest research findings um techniques strategies etc and they were very keen to apply it but the ones that had been there for a long time and had not really done anything to move forward or to grow they had become so comfortable that they basically disqualified themselves even before the race started a new initiative they won't even have a goal they say no it's not going to work why are you people always giving us more work da, da, da. and then because they have to they will now do it because they are being forced to and then they'll now see that oh okay okay that actually worked it's not that bad do you understand but i used to think ah, ah but why <laughs> but why so that was the one of the biggest challenges you know that i found of of leading people i became an expert at making somebody think it was the idea i realized that all these teachers that have been there for a long time and because i got into leadership relatively early quite young i was quite young and all these people that, that had been teaching for like 20 years they say who is this one that's coming to come and tell us how to teach or whatever or how to how to manage a classroom so i i be, i had to go and learn i went to learn how to present ideas and make the person think they came up with the idea i had to learn how to make people take ownership because if you if somebody thinks you're just shoving something down their throat they will resist you how to present it in a way that they will, they will think it is their idea and they, as a result of that, they will run with it. So that's the third one. Just because you have been yielding to anger for so long does not mean you are an angry person who can never change. Just because you have stayed in that place for so long, what happens is it defines, it distorts your self-image and that thing now defines your identity. Do you understand? It defines your identity. Just because you have been in that role at the same level for seven years does not mean there isn't more to you. But unfortunately, if you stay somewhere, if you stay stagnant in the comfort zone, which actually after a while becomes uncomfortable because God is not going to leave you alone. He'll keep prodding you. What happens is it distorts you and you think, oh, I can never really be more than this. So there needs to be an external force. 
someone from the outside, something somewhere sort of poking you in a way that you can't ignore for you to shake loose from that. I say, ah, like prodigal son, wake up to yourself and say, ah, no, I'm more than this. Just because you took a career break to look after your children does not mean you cannot get back in the game. Right? These are things. Just because you you were out of the game for a while does not mean it doesn't define you. It doesn't mean you can't get back in. Just because your marriage has been unhappy for as long as you can remember does not mean it doesn't have the potential to be heaven on earth. So those are the three reasons why we get to the point where we are always disqualifying ourselves even before the race starts. It's a distortion in the way that we see ourselves. And those are the three main reasons. Second part of this that I'm going to be talking about is, so how do you overcome this habit of disqualifying yourself even before the race starts? How do you, how do you do it? How do you overcome it? It's a habit. It's a habit. So you have to be deliberate in the way you do it. And to do that, I'm going to go into the Bible and I'm going to use the story of Esther. You might say, Esther, okay. Me, I see strange things in the Bible, though. It is God has, <laughs> God has graced me with the spirit of wisdom that I just see strange things. He can give me any verse anywhere and I will bring something strange out of it. Like something that, ah, how did you see that? And I, it was also by the words that I confess. I speak these words over myself. I have eyes that see. I have ears that hear. I have hearts that understand what the Spirit is saying. I walk in synchronism with God in the times and the seasons, etc. But anyway, we're going to go into the book of Esther. And we're going to, from there, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how you can overcome the habit of disqualifying yourself, even just even before the race starts, even you don't even want to double, you've automatically said no. No is your favorite word. They're starting a new project at work and they're looking for volunteers. And before your boss, your line manager even says, Well, um, allow me, would you like no? And you have valid reasons that you, you can give him five valid reasons why you can't do it. That he should go and find somebody else. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read from Esther chapter 4. And in verse 8, it says, Mordecai gave Hatak a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the execution of all the Jews. You know the story. I'm not going to talk too much about the story. So he asked Hatak to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He also asked, attack to direct her, to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and to plead for her people so basically this is think of this as god coming to you with an idea right with a solution all right there's a problem he wants you to solve so he comes to you and he gives you a business idea and says, have you noticed how, you know, there's some moms in your, in your organization that struggle with, uh, what's that thing called post postpartum depression? Is that what it's called? Or am I completely butchering it? Where people go into depression when, when they've given birth and maybe it's something that, 
you went through or someone that you know went through and you were able to help them or something and the idea comes out why don't you start a group chat why don't you start something where you you can speak to this kind of women or write a blog before the idea even lands is i know Mike, I don't know how to write. I don't know how to speak. Is it mean they're looking for there, etc., etc.? Pavement. The thing just bounces. Boom. Satan has carried it and chopped it. Okay. So Esther was there. Eh? Mordecai came with an idea. The same way God comes with an idea. And it's a valid idea. What did Esther say? Verse 10. Esther told Hathak, go back. And relayed this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his golden scepter and the king has not called me, has not called for me to come to him for the past 30 years days so esther is a uh no sorry oh, me i'm not going okay it's a no <laughs> so go back and tell body car me i don't do it oh i not do eh i no go do am lie lie so you want me to come and sacrifice my head for nothing i'm not doing it and guess what based on her circumstances she actually had a point that's why i said before your boss lands with this new project he wants you to lead you are you already have five reasons why it can't be you that he's gonna find somebody else why it cannot even be you god comes and gives you an idea that will save your marriage before i even land i'm like god go and talk to him he's your son do you understand you you don't even allow the thing and your reasons are valid you're like see the way he has treated me see what he has done and your reasons are valid esther's reasons were valid she said if i go and if he doesn't receive me with favor, off with the head. The head is gone. I'm dead. I'll be the first of the Jews. Do you understand? To follow that path. And to even compound it, she said he hasn't called for me for 30 days. For her to make a note of that, it means that it, it, it was not normal for the king not to call for her in 30 days. It wasn't normal. So she was probably already fretting and thinking, hey, what did I do to the king? Go? Have I, you know, lost favor with the king? Is he angry? Am I going to be the next Vashti that gets banished? Waiting I do for this man. Just that like she was already probably fretting. So she had valid reasons for not even putting her toe in the water. For instantly dismissing and disqualifying herself and saying, salvation or deliverance cannot come from my own end you have to go and look for the solution yourself sorry i can't take on this project sorry i can't do this no no sorry you know i can't start that business no i can't i can't do that webinar with you no i can't i can't come and give a speech at your church why because you have automatically dis disqualified yourself you have valid reasons based on her circumstances esther said no i'm not doing it I'm not doing it okay now i said how so esther was at the point where she had automatically disqualified herself and she said go and find your salvation somewhere else it's not me so step one in overcoming this habit of disqualifying yourself even before the race starts step one is always question your nose 
not your nose as in the thing on your face so your no plural <laughs> always question your nose when you say no when your mouth is about to form the you can see your tongue forming the hold it back first swallow first take two seconds and say hmm this no that i'm about to say is it because i am automatically disqualifying myself do you understand question your no i think it was uh shonda rhymes the the writer of Grey's anatomy i i i may have gotten her her last name wrong um but she she wrote a book something about the year of yes and she she talks about she she experienced a phenomenally successful year because she said yes to everything she just kept saying yes she just said i, I watched an interview where she talked about it started with i think it started one day and she was rushing out obviously a big hollywood executive very busy very successful but very busy but her life was miserable she had been trying to lose weight for who knows how many years and she was just miserable she was i think her marriage was not working or something she was her kids she didn't she felt like she didn't know her kids and she was just miserable in spite of the success so she had gotten to the point where you know she was comfortable and she had defined herself by so many things so her daughter came to her and said mommy let's play and she was like no which was usual typical for her and she said no i have too much to do i'm about to do that. i'm about to have a phone call this interview no i can't and then it just i think she had a light bulb moment and she realized that ah oh, I think the disappointment on the child's face or something happened and she just sat and said what if i said yes instead of no what if instead of automatically saying no i'm too busy to play with you or no i can't do that new show that you want me to do or no i you know i, I can't lose weight because i tried so many times i failed how about saying yes and she said for a year she committed that she would say yes to everything she lost weight she started she wrote brand new series after thinking that Grey's anatomy was like the best she would ever do in her life she went on to achieve phenomenal success why because she questioned her nose she questioned her nose and where did i get that from i got that from esther so the first thing is question your no you're about to say no automatically a new opportunity comes to you you just won't say no bam just like that question it question it and esther said no and how did she move back past that so you can question the no by sitting down yourself and objectively analyzing it before you say no in fact do you understand so your boss like i said comes to you say can you give me a day let me go and think about it let me let me analyze make sure it is truly supposed to be a no as opposed to because of a distortion in your self-image that you don't think you have the capacity that you're able to do is not me they're looking for there question it sit down think objectively analyze then give your answer if you say no then because not because you don't think you are capable but because you know that it's not the direction you're supposed to go in then say no but esther's own was not anything to do with whether it was a direction it was god that was calling her into it but she said no another way to do that is to surround yourself with four thinkers 
who will question your limiting beliefs, who will question your automatic no's. If you surround yourself with people that are in the same boat as you, that are as scared as you, that are as anxious as you, that worry about everything like you, that they too have been in the same thing and doing the same thing for 20 years, when you say no, they'll be like, you're right. There's no way. In fact, they're just trying to trap you by giving that project. They'll come up with all sorts of conspiracy theories. Do you understand? So surround yourself with four thinkers, mentors, coaches, people that will question this decision that you're taking. Have you thought about it? Are you, are you sure it's not automatically because you don't think you can do it? And that was what Mordecai did for Esther. So Mordecai replied to Esther and he said, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place but you and your relatives will die who knows so he wasn't like cursing her this is the key point that mordecai was literally making it is this who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this do you know what mordecai was saying mordecai was saying listen you have the potential the fact that you are queen is the potential is proof that you are able to do it Meaning God had already equipped you for this moment. You may look around at the circumstance and he wants to make you say no and disqualify yourself. But I'm telling you, Esther, that before this problem arose, God had already put the potential inside you for you to be able to do it. That's what Mordecai was saying. So question your no by either by sitting down and literally giving yourself time to think and objectively analyze don't automatically say no right in fact it was richard branson that said if a new opportunity comes to you say yes and then go and find out how to do it i love it i absolutely love it and this <laughs> this is now this is how i now live my life as in uh, honestly i i i and intuitively somehow i just came to the point where i'm like listen especially if you're a business owner you can't you can't sit back oh if you don't move the com the company is, is not moving your business you can still get away with this when you're in an em em employment nine to five right but as a business owner if you don't move where you stopped is where the business stopped do you understand so i'm like if they say come and do this i'm like ah jesus oh I don't, feel, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it, but I'll say yes. I always say yes. I say yes. Unless in my reflection, I've seen that mm -mm, this is not taking me in the direction that I'm supposed to be going. That's the only time I ever say no. Otherwise I say yes. I, I won't even, sometimes I don't even know how to do the thing. I'll say yes. And then go and find out how to do it. So I absolutely love that question. You know, step two, step two. Even if your current circumstance says it's a no, what you need to think of next is what do I do to change this into a yes? The only exception, and I've already mentioned this, is you know within you that it is not something you're supposed to do. Like when they wanted to force Jesus to go and become a king, Jesus didn't hide himself because he's like, oh, how will I be a king? I'm not qualified. I don't have the potential to be a king. We both know that. No, that's not why. He just knew that. No, that's not God's will for me. When, when Satan said, 
turned the stone into bread. He was like, me, how will I get that kind of power from? Only God can turn stone into bread. Oh, did he say that? No, he said, no, man shall not live by bread alone. Meaning it's not you that's going to command me to turn stone into bread. I live by instructions from God. I only do what I see the father do. You're not the one that's, I'm not going to obey you. I obey you in this tiny thing. The next thing you'll be telling me to obey you by, you know, killing somebody. Do you understand? So you know that eh, eh, it's not something I'm supposed to do. Not because you deem yourself incapable of doing it. So step two is even when you assess it, right? Your current circumstances, no, you don't, you, you don't have the capacity at the moment to do it. What you need to say is how do I change this into a yes? Like Richard Branson said, say yes. And then you assess and say, Hey, okay. I actually don't, someone says, come and code this thing at work or come and write a program or come and do something. I say, yes. And like, I don't even know what, what's the meaning of that word that the guy used. I don't even know. Then you go and research, you go and research, learn how to do it so that you then can do it. So assess your situation and if he says a no don't say no say yes then think what do i need to do in order to turn this into a yes what do i need in order to turn this into a yes esther's no was valid let me repeat to you what she said. Anyone who appears before the king in the court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his golden scepter. And the king has not called for me in this 30 days. Meaning in my own power, I can't. Do you understand? He hasn't called for me. I can't just go. If I go, this guy could literally have her killed. I don't want to say have me. So I, I'm very careful with my words. So she was saying, the king could have her beheaded or whatever, or cast out, or I don't know. Okay. So her current circumstances screamed no. But once Mordecai reminded her that she had what it took, you are queen. That's what he was saying. The potential, the resource, the position to be able to do it, God has already given you. She began to question that, know that, ah, wait, oh, how can I just tell them to go and solve this problem? Me too, I'm a Jew now. So she got to the point where she couldn't just dismiss it and disqualify herself. She was absolutely certain that she had been called to do that task. So what was her next question? What do I currently lack that will help me bring victory? And what did she say? She sent a message to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. Then I will go in. And even though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king, etc. She identified that this one has passed like oh i'm 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 fine i'm beautiful esther this one has passed let me wear nice lingerie and go and you know you know see through lingerie and then go and speak to the king this one has passed that too do you understand it, we need supernatural power she identified that that was what she required that was what listen if i have that then i know that i will be successful or at least i know that i can move forward and at least don't disqualify myself before the race even starts she identified the needed God's help and his favor. And as a result, she said, let us fast for you. Is this to go and learn how to market and sell in business? 
before you disqualify yourself and say i can't do business i don't know how to do business I, business just doesn't work for me right is it just that you don't know how to market your shy you don't know how to you know speak to people why don't you identify that and then go and learn it right you say they haven't promoted me they're just it's because i'm black they can't just do answer you disqualify yourself and say i don't have the potential or based on something you can't change like the color of your skin or is it for you to go and learn how to relate to people better at work? Is that actually what is holding you back? That might be what's holding you back. Meanwhile, you have you have basically disqualified yourself and said, no, no, no. Meanwhile, if you just learn how to relate with people at work, how to become visible, you would scale that barrier. Or is it, as I said in episode 67, your prayer life that is dry, that you need to connect with God again so that you can begin to take territories again. What do you need to help you win? What would change that no into a yes? Sit down, analyze, do a thorough situational analysis. Sit down, count the cost. So the Jesus talked, you know me, this is my one of my favorite scriptures. Who goes into, who wants to build a tower without first sitting down counting the cost to see whether you have enough to complete the tower? Jesus was also saying that if you don't have enough, abandon the tower. He said, count the cost so that if you find out that you have only half of what you need, go and get the other half so that you can finish. That's what he was saying. So do a situational analysis and say, okay, I want to say yes, but this is what I lack. Go and get what you lack and then get in there. Then go and get it. Go and take that course. Go to those departmental meetups. Stop saying, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to hang out with you. Go. They won't kill you and eat you. Okay? Change your perception. People might think you're a loner and you're not a team player. Same because you never ever go out to the hangouts. Change that. Find out what you need and to turn your no into a yes and then go for it and the final step step three is once you have resourced yourself once you have gone to take the course on sales and marketing once you have you know you have you've understood that okay uh, the reason why i haven't been promoted is because people don't really see me as they don't they don't know me i'm not visible and you have resourced yourself you've gone out to get that thing the same way esther called everybody together and they fasted and they got the grace of god to rest upon them the next thing and the final step is you must then step out don't resource yourself and still sit there and say uh, no if you want to overcome this habit of disqualifying yourself you have to step out in esther 5 it says on the third day of the fast Esther put on her royal robes, entered the inner court of the palace. The king was sitting on his royal throne facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the gold scepter and said, What do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give it to you even to the half of the kingdom. After Esther resourced herself, after the power of God came upon her, after she received some ideas in the place of prayer, what did she do? Did she still go back to, to Mordecai and say, ah, you know, I'm really afraid I can't go. I, I just don't know what to keep. No, she stepped out. So after you've learned that 
oh the people that are getting promoted is you know this is the skill that they've acquired this is the kind of course they're doing go and do the course then once you have resourced yourself don't talk yourself out of it immediately step out get in the race get in the race before you talk yourself out of it esther after they had prayed that faster they received an endowment from god she stepped out she put on her robes and went and met the king okay so those are the three steps that you can take practically literally from now when you're listening to this podcast to begin to get forward in life remember this series is titled you versus you overcoming the habits the self-imposed habits that are holding you back from your greatest successes and the one we have talked about today is disqualifying the habit of disqualifying yourself even before the race starts your boss tells you to go and do something and you're, you're, you haven't even you haven't even thought of okay let me go and figure out if it's possible your automatic response is no I had, you know, um, and someone to work for me. I had someone to work for me. I think it was the the, the first the first hire I ever I ever got. All right, in my business, and this person, you know, I would say, let's do this, and they were like, ah, well, you know, this is. They always came up with. I don't know they always came up with excuses maybe not even excuses with barriers mountains and imagine somebody that's trying to build a business you cannot be a a um limited thinking kind of person and be in business you have to constantly break barriers you have to break things <laughs> max zuckerberg is the one that said break break things and break them fast or something like that break things break them fast as in don't 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 be in the don't stay stagnant don't do the same thing for too long break break it scatter it scatter it and then when you put it back together you see it in a different life say hey let's move forward and every time okay let's do this eh, well it can't really work you know this is that all sorts of things it didn't take me long before i realized that we cannot work together or we can't work together so as the house people will say in nigeria say gobe which i hope i'm saying right which is bye bye see you later do you understand i need someone that is that that's a possibilities thinker so that even when myself i'm like hmm do i want to take this risk the person say no let's do it Let's do it. Those those are the kind of people that I have working for me. These are people that I hire. Once I notice that somebody is always coming up with barriers, Johnson is I see that falls on ground and bounces back. It, they haven't even collected the idea to hold it up to the light. Say, okay, maybe if we try it this way in my work, or maybe you know they're automatically saying, well, this is going to be you. We will part ways. In fact, not just as employee, employer. I, do, I don't have friends like that. Because if I start hanging with someone, I made a friend a few years ago. And I absolutely, you know, I, I, I loved her. I still love her. We just hit it off. We hit it off. We could talk. You know, I just, I loved her. But then I started to realize that this person was so negative. Their outlook to life, extremely negative. 
if you if you bring something and say oh look at the blue sky say <laughs> blue sky okay i can see some clouds it's about to rain as in that kind of person after a while i say ah no 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 you will affect me so i started to pull back i had to pull back because i don't want to live my life like that all right that's me done i'm back next week for another habit that has been holding you back from your greatest successes in the you versus you series this has me uh this has been me allow me and thank you so much i will see you next week don't forget to share if this has blessed you and you think it will bless other people if you want to share very easy bit.ly forward slash t-s-a-l podcast so b-i-t dot l-y slash capital t capital s capital a capital l the super abundant life and then podcast is in small letters i will put that link in the show notes so that you can share follow me on instagram if you haven't already done so remember if you want to see my hair <laughs> come and see it on instagram and i will tag the person that did it if you're in london she's not paying me so this is not uh I'm not advertising because I'm Johnson. I just, she's, you know, I love her. She's amazing. Um, so anyway, I'll be back next week and see you then. Bye. <laughs>